Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Biblical scholars refer to it as wisdom literature, but what it really comes down to is a series of small and timeless teachings regarding how to live a life of faith and, well, wisdom. And it's also a very clear-eyed dissertation on the nature of foolishness, which is the subject of today's message. Based on the very first chapter of Proverbs, verses 20 through 33, and which asks the question, are you heeding wisdom or are you stuck on simple? You know, folks, one thing that never ceases to amaze me and stir my heart about Holy Scripture is that no matter how many times and how often over many years you read it and how well you convince yourself you think you know it, there's always something new to discover about it. I say this, friends, because quite honestly, I found something in this morning's text that I'd never really taken much note of before. Now, as I'm sure you are aware, the book of Proverbs is the Old Testament collection of godly wisdom. Also, that the lessons contained in that book of the Bible are short and to the point and very practical to the human experience in every generation, even this one. In fact, I can safely tell you, right here and now, friends, if you want to go home early, (laughs) that if you want to sum up the whole book of Proverbs in a few short words, it's pretty easy. Wisdom, good. Foolishness, bad. But here's what I never really noticed, at least all that much, about the book of Proverbs, is how incredibly blunt it is. How relentless that book of the Bible. I felt sorry for you, Kay, when you read that this morning. It is relentless. And how it tends to poke at us and prod us and needle us and taunt us and even insult us a little bit. All for the sake of making absolutely positively sure you and I are paying attention and getting the point of it. It is anything but subtle. And so any of us who would be tempted to dismiss Proverbs is a cute little collection of greeting card worthy sayings would be missing the whole point. And here's the point. To ignore wisdom carries with it dire and negative consequences. This comes through very, very clearly in the very first chapter of Proverbs from which our reading is drawn today and that Cage has shared with us. The first thing, however, that should be noted here as we look at Proverbs is that wisdom is portrayed not as a concept, but as a person. And here's something interesting and true. It is portrayed specifically as a woman. 
That's because the Hebrew word for wisdom, chokmah, is feminine in form. And it represents the depths of God's thought and understanding. So when scripture talks about wisdom, naturally, the image is one of a woman of substance, of authority, and divinely inspired knowledge. Also, I might add, directness, fearlessness, and even a bit of judgment against those who would fail to heed what she has to teach. I see a few women nodding their heads here. (laughs) And well, they should. Lady Wisdom, as some translations of Scripture refer to her, cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. There she is, friends, right in the middle of town, in the midst of morning traffic. She's there, maybe she's holding a sign, but it's her voice that matters, and she is saying what needs to be said. How long, she asks, how long, oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? How long will fools hate knowledge? Did you catch that little tone of anguish and desperation and anger? It's there. And it's because she's been speaking these godly truths for such a long time. And nobody, nobody at all has been listening. Maybe there's been too much noise on that busiest corner of the city. Maybe it's because the people just haven't heard her words clearly in the clamor. Or it could be that somebody else's voice robbed their attention and they've been listening to something other than the truth. Or perhaps they're just not all that interested in listening to begin with. Who knows? Whatever the reason, wisdom called, you see, and they refused it. She stretched out her hand and no one heeded. They ignored her counsel and they would have none of her rebuke. And because of this, Proverbs and Lady Wisdom says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you. For waywardness kills the simple and the complacency of fools destroys them. See what I mean about being blunt and taunting and full of consequences? (laughs) And if you think this translation is bad, Listen to how the message renders this rebuke of Lady Wisdom. Simpletons, she shouts, how long are you going to wallow in your ignorance? Cynics! How long will you feed your cynicism? Idiots! It's there. It's not my words. It's theirs. Idiots! How long will it be before you learn? I think I understand why a lot of preachers tend to stay far, far away from this passage. It's most certainly not the feel-good passage of the Old Testament. In fact, it's downright brutal. But friends, there is also no way that we can avoid the truth of it. More than simply saying wisdom good, foolishness bad, what we learn here is that wisdom ignored leads to death, a death of character, a death of relationship, 
a death of integrity in daily life and living, and yes, sometimes a physical death as well. But the good news, believe it or not, there is good news here, is that there's a glimmer of hope. And it comes from wisdom itself, wisdom herself. Because after that harsh rebuke, what's the next thing that Lady Wisdom says? It's, give heed. I will pour out my thoughts to you. And by the way, going back to the message again, this is how it's translated there. About face, friends, I can revise your life. In other words, pay attention. Listen to wisdom. Do the right thing. For while it's painfully true that wisdom ignored leads to death, it's equally true that wisdom heeded leads to life. For as Lady Wisdom herself says at the very end of this admittedly difficult first chapter, those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. So I guess the question becomes then, where are we supposed to start? How do we do this? How do we live unto wisdom? I mean, it's one thing to look at Proverbs as fortune cookie-sized snippets of advice, right? It's quite another to see them as the triptych to life itself. Well, I think it's helpful for us to remember that all this wisdom that we find in Proverbs and truly in all of Holy Scripture is grounded in the voice of God. And that the wisdom that God is teaching calls us into the ways of life. In other words, to listen to God means to heed God's wisdom. And that means participating in the practice and the priorities of God, which in turn brings wisdom to our hearts and minds, both yours and mine. As the writer Kenneth Carter has written, this wisdom has very little to do with knowledge in the service of power and more to do with insight that is into the service to God and your neighbor. You know, ironically, it's wisdom that makes each one of us to understand that we are not all-knowing. And therefore, we stand in the need of the guidance and grace of God. It's wisdom, you see, that, that inevitably leads those who heed it to walk with integrity, even in the most difficult and most complicated places where we dwell. It's wisdom which so often fuels resistance to the persistent refrains of popular culture. It's what inspires lives dedicated to true faith and humility and purpose, as well as granting a courage for the living of these days and for the facing of this very hour. Put another way, beloved, it takes wisdom to live a life of faith-filled integrity. So when you think about it that way, we can look at this first chapter of Proverbs, as blunt as it is, and realize that there is a question before us. 
here and now. And the question is this, are we heeding wisdom or are we stuck on simple? Now, I'll grant you, that is not an easy question to ask. Certainly not easy to ask from a pulpit, and it's not a question that is easy to ask of ourselves, myself included. But if we're being honest about ourselves and our lives, there are many times when you and I get mired in the ways of the simpleton. Times when our doubts and our cynicism over the ways of the world and our skepticism about those around us ends up clouding our walk along the way of love and the path of life everlasting. I knew a woman in a church I once served who loved to chat about the issues of the day and about matters of ethics and morality, and she was very fond of saying to me that it wasn't the black and white issues in life that concerned her, but rather the massive amounts of gray area that's in between. And you know what? She was right about that. But I also have to say, because I, I've always kind of thought about what she used to say, and I have come to the discovery that there isn't really as much gray area out there that, as much as we'd like to think there is. In fact, I would go so far to say that in the majority of situations that come our way, most every one of us go into those situations already knowing somewhere down deep inside in faith and wisdom what's the right thing to do. The difficulty, the rub, as Shakespeare would say, is that there's always manages to be something that keeps us from doing that right thing. Not purposely. It's not like we're you know, going rogue on the book of Proverbs. But what it does mean is sometimes in the midst of it all, we forget, neglect, set aside the way to go. When we forget about the ways of God, you see, more often than not, we forget ourselves. And that is what gets us into trouble every time. When you and I carry ourselves in such a way that suggests that we are somehow beyond the basic lessons of loving justice, doing kindness, and walking humbly with God, when we're wholly focused on our own self-involved and self-inflated foolishness, is it not true that we inevitably end up doing and saying things that we long regret? To quote H. James, H. James Hopkins here, when loving God and loving neighbor as ourselves are mere platitudes for us, it seems that disaster often finds us. What we believe about our faith, you see, needs to be real. That's true for us as men and women, beloved. I think it needs to be true for us as a community and a nation about now. And by extension, I think it's especially crucial for you and me who are the church of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And let me just say this because it's really been something that has weighed heavy on my heart as of late. 
It seems to me, beloved, that in times such as these, when people have become so sharply divided that anger and fear rules the day, when finger-pointing and blame has become the normal response for just about everything, to the point where a simple act of civility seems like something of the past, when even mere differences of opinion are no longer being tolerated, now more than ever, God's people are being called to be God's people in the world. We are to be the example of God's wisdom right here and right now. We are being pushed and challenged to act boldly and faithfully in this particular moment of time. We are being asked by God himself to make use of the gifts and the resources that God has given each one of us in the fervent hope and prayer that in divine and heeding divine wisdom, rather than ours alone, we might be led to make all the difference that we've been looking for in the first place. On just about every level of life and living, you see, now is not the time to be stuck on simple. Now is the time for us to heed God's wisdom. Not that that's an easy or an automatic thing, but that's our calling. Perhaps you remember, it happened about 15 years ago, the tragic shooting that took place in an Amish village in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania, in which several Amish children were killed in their one-room schoolhouse. It was, as you'll recall, a heinous, horrible crime, and it should never be forgotten. But what was even more memorable about that particular event even more so than the violence itself, was the response of the Amish in the face of that unspeakable atrocity. They insisted, you see, that if they were to be true to their faith, true to their heritage, and to the memory of the innocent victims, they knew that they should not let themselves be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. And so this Amish community did what so many thought to be impossible. They would find a way to forgive, and how they did it was by embracing and caring for the families of the victims and for the family of the shooter. And to a world that speaks the language of violence and revenge, it was an eloquent testimony to wisdom pointing the way to God. Well, friends, i got to confess that one of the reasons that I remember this so clearly is that while all this was happening, in the church that I was serving, there was, shall we say, some level of divisive conflict going on. And one of the folks in that church, well-meaning though he was, and he was well-meaning, he said to me, if only we could live in our church with such a simple, forgiving, peaceful attitude as the Amish. Just think about how much easier and happier our lives would be. And I nodded my head and I said, yes, yes. But I'll be honest with you, I remember thinking, are you kidding me? You think that was easy for them? You don't think that every single day those families literally have to 
fight the temptation to anger and rage, to just get up in the morning and go about their work and struggle to renew themselves to the cause they know in faith is right. Do you think that was easy? And the answer, of course, is no. And I dare say any of us who have been through trials and tribulations in life have found ourselves in that place, knowing what is the right thing to do, knowing that we ought to forgive, knowing that we ought to put one foot in front of the other, knowing that we should live in faith, but finding it almost impossible to do. It is rarely easy to heed the wisdom of the Lord in our lives. Most especially in those moments when all is seemingly lost and the earth shakes beneath our feet. But this is what happens. This is how we move into the wisdom of the Lord. It's because in the fear of the Lord, humility and reverence, that same reverence that grounds and guides us, we find the beginnings of strength and understanding. And in all things, both the good and the bad of life, we find meaning and purpose for our lives and living. And that is true right now as it ever has been. So let's not get stuck on simple, friends. Not now. Not when the world and one another stand in so much need of God's mercy and assurance and love. Let us listen to that prodding voice of wisdom that even now intrudes on our busy, comfortable lives. Because it will be in heeding that voice that we will find our security, our hope, our purpose, and true life. So might it be, beloved. So might it be. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, Are You Heeding Wisdom or Are You Stuck on Simple? Which was recorded during our September the 19th service of worship at East Church. And let me just say here that if you'd like to hear some of these messages live and in person, Along with worshiping together with a wonderful group of folks, we'd invite you to join us at East Church. We gather every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on 51 Mountain Road in Concord, New Hampshire. Or, if you prefer, you can always find us live online via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. Either way you join us, we would love to have you. And with that, we come to the close of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.